We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast, Packers, friends, and family. My name is Tyler Grezegorek. Today I am joined by Chris Schimmel, and we are here to hopefully wade you through the waters of this self-quarantine excuse me, uh, that has been going on this past week and will continue into the coming weeks. So without further ado, Chris, how are you doing today? How are you doing with the quarantine in general? Quarantine in general? I mean, it's been, I mean, it's been fine. My girlfriend and I are just taking it easy. Took the dogs to the dog park, came back, started researching more on the Packers, seeing what's going on because it's been crazy the last few days. So just taking a look, see what's going on. Not too much though with the Packers, but you know, with the NFL, you you never know when, uh, you know, you're going to get a bite. So uh, how have you been? No, I mean, I've been good. Uh, I'm not typically the work at home type of person, you know, so the, what are we on day six right now? I think I started on Monday. So, uh, it's, starting to get to the point where I definitely need to get out a little bit more and do a couple things on socialize, hopefully. So I uh, hope we're getting to a point where we can do that. But we're here to talk Packers football today. Um, and in the NFL the past week, there was a flurry of news and a flurry of moves, um, a lot to talk about, but we're going to try and focus on the Packers stuff specifically today. Um, you know, let's just kind of dive right in. In terms of this Packers offseason so far, what are your thoughts and feelings, and why don't you kind of conclude those thoughts and feelings with a grade? Um, well, I think it's really difficult 
this offseason given how active it was last offseason. So if you went into this offseason thinking it was going to be like last year, that's not being really realistic. So it, it's kind of hard because, you know, he set the bar pretty high with what he did last year. So I didn't expect them to go out and make a huge splash that really raised my eyebrows. But overall, right, so far, it's it's so hard to tell, To I mean, to grade. You know, you, you want to give it an eye for inconclusive and because you just need to see if it works out. But the real question, I think, is with these two offseason moves, with getting uh, with getting Wagner and uh, and uh, getting uh, Kirksey, have the Packers truly gotten better as a team, or do you think that they just haven't gotten any worse? So with that, I'm going to give it right now. I'm just going to give it a C, just because I don't know right now if the Packers have truly gotten better or if they really are just treading water trying to stay uh stay well and then make a couple good picks in the draft what do you think what grade would you give them you know i think when we when we convened for the podcast it was either last week or the week before that we we talked about a scenario exactly like this green bay was not going to splurge um in free agency this year they just didn't have the money the financial resources to do so considering um, the holes on this roster and some of the other players that will be coming off of contract in the next couple of years, Bakhtiari, Kevin King, uh, Kenny Clark, Corey Lindsley, just to name a few um, that will be coming off contract in the next couple of years. And so, you know, we talked about this offseason as one where you go patch holes. And I think they've done exactly that. Um, you know, Kirksey and Wagner are probably going to end up being serviceable players. Um, you know, maybe a Billy Turner plus uh, there'll be a guy that you can plug in there and be relatively comfortable with and confident in that they can go out and get the job done. And so I think that they've done a good job of addressing that. And it doesn't sound like they're done. You know, they, they've they been um, in the airwaves, I guess you'd call it, for interest in wide receivers and free agency. Uh, it sounded like they were in on Emmanuel Sanders um, pretty seriously. Uh, he just ended up going to the... Um, it's escaping. Saints. Saints. Thank you. I knew it was an NFC team. I was trying to remember. Um, I had the Raiders in my head because they've been doing a lot too. But basically, they probably just got outpriced. You know, it sounds like Gudikun's had a plan, but he's not willing to bend from his plan to, you know, to really address those needs because he understands that he can't stretch himself too much further um, in that financial resource department and really kind of. I think they've done a good job of doing that. They've gone out. Um, they didn't affect their comp- their comp- compensatory pick. Uh, selections. Uh, they should be getting a fourth and a, maybe a third, uh, probably probably a couple fourths though, and maybe a sixth. But they'll be adding to the draft picks for you know for the upcoming for the upcoming draft, and I, I think that that's important to Gutekunst right now. And the plan is becoming more and more clear. Uh, and so for that, because it is incomplete, um, but I do think that they have done a good job of doing what they want to do. I will give them a B, um, not an A, because obviously there's. Um, still some things that they could do probably to make this roster better, some trades they could make. Um, there's a couple of free agent wide receivers, uh, even a tight end or two out there that they could bring in. Um, I think there's things that they could still do, but I think that they have a plan and they stuck to the plan, and I think they've done a good job of executing that plan. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. Well, uh, well seeing how what uh, is still out there for free agency, you do think the Packers are, if they're going to go, with one more free agent given their salary cap situation, do you think it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball or defense? I think there's only two positions that they would 
uh, bring in uh, another player for. Um, and when I say bring in, I would I would also be willing to say that I think they bring in Tremont Williams later. Um, they bring him back, I should say. So I'm, I'm saying bringing in a player in addition to who was on the roster last year. It would either be defensive line or it would be tight end slash receiver. Um, I, it sounds to me like they're getting priced out of the wide receivers. Um, so it, to me, it looks like it's going to be defensive line or tight end. I haven't seen a ton of interest from them in the defensive line market, so if I have to pick one, I think that they're going to go out and get another veteran tight end to add to Marty Sadies, Lewis, Robert Tanyan, and uh, Jay Sternberger for the 2020 season. 2021 season, excuse me. Okay. 2020, 2020, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I think that they're going to add a tight end. I I think Delaney Walker is just... I think it's inevitable at this point that he becomes a Titan, or I'm sorry, that becomes a Packer since he was on the Titans with uh, Matt LaFleur just two seasons ago. So one season ago, but if they don't get anybody, I won't be heartbroken either. You know, I think that... Well, yeah, I I remember, uh, you know, uh, last podcast you were saying Delaney Walker and we were talking about if you had to choose between Delaney Walker and uh, Mercedes Lewis, you picked Walker. They brought Mercedes Lewis back on a deal. Do you think... Because they brought Lewis back, that shows that they're, they may not be interested in Walker? Or do you think there's still some hope for that? I think that they want somebody behind Sternberg who can catch the ball a little bit better, who can do a little bit of everything. And while Mercedes Lewis can definitely catch the ball at times, he's not going to create a ton of separation. Um, and not saying that Delaney Walker is going to come in and you know create separation either, but he's a better receiver than Mercedes Lewis ever was. Um, Mercedes Lewis is just simply the better athlete, and he's a much better blocker. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in all football. And so I think that a guy like Delaney Walker would really do well to complement the entire room of Jay Sternberger, Mercedes Lewis, and Robert Tanyan. And I'll put I'll put Sternberger and Tanyan in that same category of being pretty much receivers first and. Um, blocker second, and then Mercedes Lewis is your blocker first, and receiver second, and then Delaney, Lo- Delaney Walker is probably a little bit of both. Uh, he probably is going to fit both categories very well. And so they also are going to have a need at fullback with Danny Vitale signing with the Patriots, unfortunately. Um, they're going to have a need at that position, and so, you know, just bring an extra tight end on the roster and throw him in the fullback position if you want to in an H-back role, and and, and let's go. Like, I, I think it's that simple, and so I think that's the reason why Delaney Walker is going to be wearing green and gold next year. Well, yeah, especially given the Packers, uh, you know, cap space. I think they said uh, they had $12 million in cap space, but remember, it's probably $10 million of that is going to go to signing draft picks. So really only two, and if they release Lane Taylor, that would save them 4.6. With that money there, they could probably get, you know, Delaney Walker, because with that my kind of money, they can't make a big splash. So I can see Walker being, uh, you know, in the green and gold with the, the current cap situation the Packers are in. I think if the Packers were going to move on from Lane Taylor, they would have already done it. You think so? Yeah, 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 you got a point. You got a point. But then again, that that, that means that they really have hardly anything. So all these hotshot wide receivers out there, do you really think the Packers could – they're going to have to make another uh, roster move or something to get any of these receivers, or they're really just going to go after them in the draft? I think the most likely outcome if the Packers are going to add anybody more than a Delaney Walker um, – is they're just going to have to restructure some deals. Um, what that looks like, I, I can't tell you right now, um, but they're just going to have to restructure some deals. And I, I honestly think that that's where the money would come from if they decided to go after one of these guys. So I feel like it'd be a little bit of a waterfall effect, and you'd see one thing happen, then the next. Yeah, that is true, but then again, they're probably, hopefully they're doing that you know, right now because who knows how much longer these guys are going to be available. 
well, with each passing day, their their price tag becomes cheaper and cheaper. And I think that's honestly that's what Gutekunst is waiting for. Um, you know, we talked about the compensatory picks that they're going to be getting from Bulaga, Martinez, and Thackrell, probably. Um, you know, I don't think... I don't think that Gutekunst wants to mess that up right now. I think that he is placing a high value in those picks, and that just you know kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that they don't have a lot of money either. So you know they got to start rebuilding this roster on a cheap, you know, cheap basis, and the best way to do that is with draft picks. And so um, I don't see them splurging for a receiver. Uh, we saw Emmanuel Sanders, I think, at eight million per year, and that was outside of their range. So I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know. They're probably looking for a guy in the five to six range. Um, which, you know, if we keep progressing into free agency here, could certainly happen with one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So uh, which uh, free agents are you uh, really eyeing at a lot? It, I, of course, aside from uh, from Walker. You know, I think it's all about adding complementary skill sets. I talked about it with the tight end room. I think you need to do the same thing with your wide receivers. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was supposed to be the guy who could stretch out the field on the other side of Devontae Adams. Um you know, unfortunately, to do that, you have to make plays. And um, he, he's not really done that, unfortunately, after two seasons now. It, it's something that I don't think he can't work on. I, I certainly think he could come back and still be a, a very productive wide receiver in this league. He does have some de- some deficiencies, some natural deficiencies he's going to have to overcome, but I think he can do it. But at this point, I think that they need to add somebody to stretch the field, whether that's stretching it up the seam with a tight end or stretching it uh, vertically with a wide receiver who has a little bit more juice to him. You know, Devontae Adams is not a speedster. Okay. So I think that that's what they're ultimately going to be looking for, is somebody to kind of occupy, you know, that deeper half of the field. Okay, so uh, which wide receiver in free agency right now do you think would best complement Devontae Adams? Well, it'd be Robbie Anderson. But, you know, Robbie Anderson has a lot of other question marks with him. Um, one, his inconsistent play from game to game. Um, second thing is all of the off-field stuff. You know, it's it's a lot of baggage to, to commit to, and that's probably why he's not getting a ton of money on the open market right now. And even though the Jets said that they've re-signed him, he still hasn't re-signed, so maybe he has some deal locked in with them. But, I mean, at this point, they'd be stupid not to rene- renegotiate that agreement either. So I, I think that the best, best fit from a value um, role perspective, it would, it would have to be Brashad Perryman. Thank you. Um, yes, I was, I was waiting for you to say that. You know, he's not going to be super expensive. You're you're gambling on the guy, but you don't have to give him a long-term deal. You don't have to give him a ton of money. He can come in. There shouldn't be a ton of pressure because he'll be on the other side of Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's still like, you know, give him a, you know, an unproven uh, show-me-what-you-can-do kind of deal, five, six, one year. And you take a look at how well he played last year. You know, the last three games without Mike Evans and uh, God, Godwin, you know, 17 catches, 349 yards, and four touchdowns. So he, he ended the year on a really high note last year. And then add that with, you know, the Packers, uh, with Rand Rodgers getting more comfortable with LeFleur's system, Devontae Adams being the number one guy. I think he could really complement him well, especially his size, 6'2", 215, average 17.9, uh, uh, catch, uh, yards per catch, fourth best in the league. So, uh, yeah, I think he'd be perfect. The expectations on Perryman would be in par with, you know, where he'd be coming in on the roster and then, He'd only be able to go up, and I think that's that's the most intriguing part about it is he wouldn't really be able to go any lower unless he signs like a ten million dollar per year contract, which he's definitely not going to do. You know, he, his expectations will be low, and so the only place he'll be able to go up from there 
is up. And so, you know, he'd likely be coming on the roster with a, another rookie wide receiver, um, and they'd really kind of try to revamp that wide receiver room. Now, do I think Perryman is the answer um, for all of this offense's woes last year? Definitely not. But I think he can be a step in the right direction and uh, really get this uh, passing game going. Uh, we saw what the run game could do. Um, have confidence that they'll be able to do that again next year. But uh, the passing game is really what needs to kind of take off next year. I don't think one player is just going to fix all the woos of last year. You know, there's uh, even with him, they still need a good tight end, and then right tackle is still. You know, I expect Billy Turner and Wagner in training camp to go uh, at it and see who would be the better. Uh, guy at right tackle but how about uh let's go to defense if, if you could go with one uh, player on defense for the Packers who would it be snacks it's snacks Harrison it's that simple for me I, <laughs> they just need a guy to eat up bodies and allow Kenny Clark to work and that's exactly what snacks Harrison is he's a great guy great great locker room guy great team guy good leader on your defense um you know he's got he's got experience in the NFC North you know that, that's a plus uh he's got experience in the NFC period and so I, I think that he's a guy that should be high on your list of bargain bin free agents right now. So he's my he's my number one guy on defense right now too. Easily, easily. Because if if you watch that NFC Championship game uh, when the Packers, of course, I know you're probably sick and tired of hearing about how poor the defense was, but just for, just upgrading inside linebacker wouldn't have been enough to stop that 49er offense. I think. You need to have a stout defensive tackle because Kenny Clark, I just saw a statistic that showed that Kenny Clark was double teamed more than any other defensive lineman in the league. You put Harrison there, that immediately goes away. And then that automatically helps out the inside linebackers too. So I think defensive lineman is numero uno for, uh, for the Packers in terms of free agency. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to spend high on a defensive lineman either. And if they do, I think that indicates more to their thoughts of Kenny Clark than anything, which would be very sad. But, you know, I think that they're going to get a depth guy in the draft. I think they want to bring somebody in. Um, you know, let's not forget that just a year ago they gave Dean Lowry a contract extension, so he's under contract for a couple more years, and they gave him money, so they must believe in him. Um, he's a good rotational guy. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I think he's a guy you can start in your base formation at 3-4, uh, but, you know, he's not going to be on the field a ton in, in your once you start getting into your sub your sub formations. and um, But basically, I you know, let's not forget they gave him money. Kingsley Keek is a guy that they spoke highly on, and he's only one year removed from a, a rookie season spattered with flashes, I guess you'd call it. Um, you know, was it... Was able to get on the field a little bit more towards the end of the year, but really kind of flashed in the preseason. So what can he do with a full year of NFL training and coaching under his belt? Because I'm excited to see what he can do. So that's three guys right there with Clark and Lowry and Keek. And I'm probably missing Montrevious Adams. I'm missing too. So that's four guys who I'm believing that the Packers believe can be the core of this defensive line. So, you know, adding a veteran defensive lineman like Snacks Harrison and – Drafting a guy in the third, fourth, fifth round, I think that's the way to go, and you really supplement this interior. You don't have to worry about the exterior with Rayshon Gary, uh, the exterior I should say, but the the edges with with Rayshon Gary, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith. You know, I, I think that they maybe look to add somebody in terms of depth there, but on the back end, but not a high priority. So it's really that interior defensive line is what they need to bolster, and that that will just help the run game immensely because it'll allow the linebackers to run free. And uh, speaking of the linebackers, we know that, you know, Martinez is a giant. They got Kirksey. 
hopefully if he stays healthy and plays in his 2016-2017 form, that would be an upgrade. However, besides Kirksey, there's Oren Burks, Ty Summers, and Curtis Bolton. Do you really, even if they draft a linebacker in this draft, I still feel like, is it really going to be that much of an upgrade as a whole? Do you think they still need to, I know there's one guy, uh, Alec Ogletree, linebacker that was cut by the Giants, 28 years old. He's had some good years and some bad. Do you think the Packers should think of bringing still in another veteran? No, I don't think they should. You know, it really depends. It really depends on what they think of Oren Burks. Um, you know, Curtis Bolton. But he hasn't really. He really. He's he's had uh, opportunities to to prove himself, and I don't think he has. And Ty Summers, he's been a core special team guy. Do you really think he's going to take a big uh, big leap this year? No, I don't. And that's why I think that. You know, I don't think that they're going to add another veteran, but I do think that they're going to be okay with adding Kirksey and drafting a linebacker in the top three rounds and rolling into training camp with Kirksey as your linebacker one, trail it quickly and lightly trailed behind by the rookie. And then you've got Orenbergs, Ty Summers, Curtis Bolton to fight for those last couple spots. You know, I've talked about it before. Competition really kind of brings out the best in players. And if you can create the most competition at a position, I believe that's how you're going to get guys to really take that next step. Um, maybe Oren Burks got a little bit complacent. and You know, he expected to be elevated into a uh, starting linebacker role at some point when he was drafted because I think they drafted him in the third round, right? It was a late third-round pick. So, yes. you know, he had the draft capital behind him, and uh, he had the opportunity ahead of him. Maybe he got a little bit complacent. Maybe he needs to kick in the butt to – to really kind of buckle down and, and really get a handle of being a linebacker at the NFL level. So I think that they like the guys they have. They're just not quite ready, and the talent overall is lacking. So you infuse it with a Kirksey and, a, and another pick, um, preferably, a, preferably a guy is selected the first or second round. Um, but I think that's ultimately what you do when you roll into camp with it because at the end of the day, Petten doesn't have a problem using only one linebacker. So you don't need to add a ton of talent True. there. Uh, I, I think you need to add talent. It just doesn't need to be four deep, you know. So I think they'd be okay with four guys, two two new guys, and then two of the other three that'll be fighting for those spots. Right, and then also, of course, I know knock on wood, we know that Kirksey has missed some time the last couple of years, so that that's also going to be big. So I, I do see them if they don't get somebody in free agency to draft somebody in the next three rounds, just in case, you know, as a you know an emergency blanket. So let's move on here real quick. Uh, there have been some trades in the NFL over the past week. Um, some some really interesting ones. The Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins fiascos. Um, so with that, um, do you see any potential trades that could come down the Packers wire? I mean, I don't know how much, if ever, any merit there was to Odell Beckham wearing green and gold or... Uh, you know any of these other players that could be had for trade? I think Odo Beckham is probably the most notable. But is there, is there anything that you'd be looking for to keep an eye out in, in the trade area for the Packers? I really don't. I I, I don't see them really really doing that. I, maybe if they did, they would have already had done it. But right now, I I really think that they're set on the draft. I really think that that I know uh, it's been that way for forever. Every single team's philosophy is you need to build through the draft can't just rely on free agency and they made a you know a huge splash last year they made some moves this year 
but I, I don't see them getting fancy with uh, with trades. Well, and like I said, I think that Gutekunst has turned his his primary method of team building to the draft. Uh, when you go as thrifty, um, I shouldn't say as thrifty as frugal as they went last off season, um, you kind of have to. You, you have to take a you have to take a step back and and really realize what the most cost effective way to build a team is, and that's going to be the draft for the next probably two years. Um, so there'll be a lot of investment there. Um, but you know, kind of leading into our final uh, topic here, if if you could make any one move for the rest of the off season outside of the draft, so we're talking about signing somebody or trading for somebody, if you could make any one move. Um, you know, best fit money-wise, best fit in the team rotation. What would that? What would that move be? Well, getting a Damon Harrison is going to be huge. My my big thing is getting a stout defensive lineman to help out uh, Kenny Clark in that run defense. Because if it weren't for that, the Packers would have gone to the Super Bowl. So even with their lack of wide receivers and playmaking at tight end and all that, they fix up that run defense, they'd be in the Super Bowl. So I would go with I would go with uh, signing Harrison. How about you? Yeah, you know I think I tend to agree. I, I've been on the defensive line train since actually last year in training camp. Um, before they even cut Mike Daniels, I just kind of foresaw it, foreseen it being a problem, um, and it's kind of been a problem ever since. And so now it's for me it's become the point of it's it's nagging. It's a nagging problem that the Packers need to address. And it's just last year, last offseason, when they when they added Darius Smith and Preston Smith, we were talking about the Packers front being one of the best and the deepest in the entire NFC and in the NFL. Well, you know, fast forward a year, there's no more Mike Daniels. Um, Kenny Clark is getting double teamed left and right. You know, Zadarius and Preston were both very good. Rayshon Garrett, you're hoping, could take another step uh, in, in the 2020 season. But they really need help on that interior defensive line. They need some beef up there. Um, they need a Gilbert Brown, per se. You know, they, they need a guy to just eat up blocks. And um, I really think that Damon Harrison... Yeah, because if you think about that, yeah, you get Harrison, you get Clark, they occupy at least three blockers, you get one-on-one on the outside to wreak havoc on the quarterback. It'd be beautiful to Even see. Even if it's just a double team <laughs> on Harrison with Clark, Smith, and Smith working one-on-one. Like, that's, you know, whatever. I, I would take that every day. And so uh, I think that that's the move. I think that that's the move that adds the most value to this defense, and I think it does it in the most efficient, um, financially efficient way. Agreed. All right, so with that, uh, that will be all from us today. Um, As always, you can find the podcast Twitter, so on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. Uh, Be sure to reach out with all of your questions and inquiries. You know, during this time of the year, uh, it can get a little repetitive at times, so we're always looking for new content and um if you have an idea that you think could be a really fun podcast topic that you want any team to talk to talk on um be sure to to reach out to the pack a day podcast on twitter um you can find me on twitter at tyler underscore grez that's t-y-l-e-r underscore g-r-e-z and you can always find my work at dynastynerds.com chris where can the people find your work you can find me on twitter at chris Schimmel. all right so With that, we bid you adieu. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go Pack Go!
class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.